0: Welcome to the Wealth Steading Podcast. This is episode 146. It's October 15th, 2015. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, we find ourselves in the midst of third quarter earnings announcements. My intent uh, was to come back with the next episode and talk about banking stocks because they've really been the uh, highlight and the emphasis for the week. However, I want to talk to you about strategies and the thought process that you might have when you're holding a stock where the bottom has fallen out of it. One of the benefits of me doing this podcast is that you hear me in real time sharing with you my thoughts and my market commentary about where I think the stock market is going, you know, which stocks I decide to buy, when I decide to sell them. In this episode, you're going to hear me work through the process of deciding whether or not I should cut my losses on Walmart or whether I should hold the stock. I think this is important, not as a commentary on Walmart, but more importantly, to help you structure your trading processes and and your trading education so that when you get into a situation where you own a stock that you were unable to get out of and the bottom has fallen out, you've taken a substantial hit, hopefully some of the reasoning and methodology that I'm going to talk about in this episode will help prepare you should you be in that situation. And in fact, if you're going to be a long-term investor, you are going to be in this situation Every time we make a stock transaction, there's a risk associated with that. We always have to have a plan and an exit strategy of not only when to take our profits, but also when to take our losses. So let's talk about Walmart. Yesterday, it had a historic plunge. The stock was down over 10%. For those of you that follow the podcast, you know that last quarter I purchased Walmart. I bought it at a time when I was still concerned about the direction of the market. This is before things flash crashed at the end of August. So I purchased the stock, I believe sometime right around the first week of August. It was, I believe, the week before they announced earnings. That's a risky thing to do. One strategy to overcome that risk would be to purchase call options. However, with my research in Walmart, I felt comfortable enough that this would be a good trade. There was a lot of very strong support, right around $71 a share. The stock was just getting ready to cross up above its 50-day moving average. It had had a long-term trading history of trading below that 50-day moving average. I saw this as an opportunity to get in early, catch the breakout, to buy into a stock, a blue chip, uh, Dow Jones component, dividend-paying stock that had had some troubled times this year, basically since the beginning of the year, since around February. It had been trading below that 50-day. It looked to me like it had been in a consolidation period since about mid-June. That was about a 10- or a 12-week period where I knew at that point, or I felt confident at that point, that the stock would break up. Now, we know after a long consolidation period, One of two things happened. The stock either breaks up or it breaks down. Well, in the case of Walmart, it broke down. It broke down the following week or so because of bad earnings announcements. The actual gap down date was August 18th. I think it closed something like 3%, uh, 3 3.5% down that particular day. I decided to hold on to the stock. I'll get to the reasons in a minute. I've explained these before in podcasts and also at the the blog post over at investablewealth.com. That turned out not to be a good decision, though, because within about a week of that gap down, that's when we had the flash crash on August 24th and 25th. So Walmart, like most of the stocks in the S&P 500 and the Dow Jones Industrial Average, it got hit very hard. Again, at that point, I felt the fundamentals were still in favor of this stock, that although it had unfavorable results and performance coming through um, second quarter earnings announcements that now that the correction was in place, the negativity of the stock was being accentuated and the the price had already come down considerably, probably something in the neighborhood of 12% from where I had purchased it, I again felt that fundamentally this was a good stock. And although I'm a swing trader, I am someone that tries to move in and move out of stocks with a relatively short holding period of, say, two weeks to maybe two or three months I knew at this point with Walmart that I would be holding it for longer than that if I wanted to see appreciation in my initial investment, otherwise I could just cut my losses and get out well again, because I felt that overall Walmart was a fundamentally sound stock and that i and that over these coming quarters and years things would be improving if I had to hold on to the stock for you know six or twelve months, I would be willing to do that, not particularly my style, but I do on occasion hold stocks for longer period of, periods of time again especially when they're dividend-paying stocks that are the larger blue-chip type stocks. Well, Walmart was actually consolidating nicely. I was optimistic and happy with its performance. It had worked its way up where it was riding right on the 50-day moving average. I was watching this week to see if it could break out of a double bottom pattern that had formed over these past three months. The high had been put in, the intraday high for the peak on the W pattern, or the double bottom pattern, had occurred on September 9th. The intraday high for that day was somewhere around 66.50, 66.70, somewhere in that range. This week, it had not only been hovering around there, but it had been closing in that range as well. It was sitting right on that 50-day moving average. The markets uh, overall have been performing well the last two weeks, so I thought that that bode well for Walmart. Remember, when you're in an uptrend or when whenever the direction of the general market is upward, the vast majority of stocks move up as well. That's what, de- that's what defines the trend. And so even though Walmart had stumbled and had some problems, I was very optimistic that Walmart would be carried up this week and ride some momentum in the stock market. Well, two days ago, it looked like it was actually breaking out early that morning. It did get above that intraday high that was reached back in September. This happened to also be the day that Walmart was having their investment conference, and I believe it was around 10 o'clock that morning. The stock started to fall apart when the Walmart CEO, Doug McMillan, started laying out forward guidance for the stock. It disappointed analysts, and the stock very readily plunged about 10%. I was waiting to see if it could stabilize and come up from there. If I was going to sell at any point, I didn't want to sell at the lowest point of the day. Well, for the most part, it never really did recover. And then again, as I said today, it was down another 1%. I've chosen to hold my position. The reason I want to talk through my rationale here so that you can use this in the future when a similar thing happens. If you're going to be in the stock market, you are going to experience stocks where the bottom just falls out. We've seen over the last three months how this has happened to many stocks, great stocks. We've talked about Disney. We talked about how virtually the entire biotech sector fell apart and very respected, very quality companies falling 10 to 20%. And then the more speculative companies with no real earnings and just a story, well, many of them fell well over 30%. Major pullbacks occur from time to time. That's why I've been very pessimistic about this overall market this year and I remained primarily in cash. Walmart is really the only stock I have in my portfolio right now. I do have a position in the U.S. dollar, which is more of a currency trade through an exchange-traded fund. But as far as owning an individual stock, Walmart is really about the only stock I have in my portfolio. That's how pessimistic I've been going into this year. Walmart has been stagnating. Well, since they put in their new CEO, I've seen improvement at the store level. I've also liked the commentary and the story that they've been putting out around how they're changing their operations, both in the way they're investing in technology to beef up their online operations and compete with Amazon, as well as what they're doing at the store level, closing old um, non-performing stores, either revitalizing or pulling back from their Sam's Club model, which is not doing as well as Costco, and then how they also are putting in these more uh, neighborhood market stores, and they've been doing that for probably over a decade now anyways, but that's starting to expand. I also like the fact that they were going to be focusing on hiring better quality employees. There were a lot of people that were concerned that that labor cost was going to hurt the company. The reason I'd gotten in last quarter was that I had felt that they'd probably absorb that The stock was holding up pretty well. We knew that they would take some type of a hit on the bottom line for increasing worker wages. But it seemed to me that Wall Street was accepting that, knowing that in the years to come, they would get better productivity by having better employees. And then at the same time, they were just not investing in the employees they'll be putting in more automation. They'll be getting rid of, you know, lower and redundant type jobs and be focusing on higher level, higher performing employees that are supplemented and made more productive with better technology. And then again, getting more into the online technology where they compete with and go head to head with Amazon. Walmart has is the advantage of having the real estate close to so uh, so many people have having all those stores. When you listen to where Amazon is trying to go and take their business to the next level, they're trying to do same day or, you know, within an hour or two delivery. And Amazon will be able to do that in large, very concentrated metropolitan areas. You know, they can probably do that in Los Angeles and in Manhattan. But if you look at Walmart, because of the proximity of their stores to the general population of the United States, Walmart could pull that off even in a place, you know, like Wichita, Kansas. So I saw that as a competitive advantage to supplement online sales as to where Amazon is trying to go. Walmart already has that moat and that fortress there. Walmart is moving in that direction. In fact, they've really stepped up their efforts with online orders and then in-store pickups. Again, something that I think it's going to be hard for somebody like Amazon to replicate. The reason that's important is think of it this way. Think about you're a working mom. You don't want to be ordering something online and giving this window and not knowing exactly when it's going to show up at your door. But you know that on the way home from work, in your 15-minute or 20-minute commute while you're, while you're going home, you pass right by a Walmart store that's five minutes from your house. You can put in your order for groceries or staples or whatever you need right there at your desk before you leave work. Get in your car and while you're driving home, pull up to a Walmart, an employee will come out, load those groceries or load those products into your trunk and then you drive on home. That's the future of brick and mortar retailing. Walmart will be able to move into that sector and perhaps even dominate it if they execute things properly. Again, I'm impressed with their CEO. I think they can make that happen. They've been doing things like this for over a decade in England. They've been slow to bring that to the United States. And and again, that's why I think that they fired their old CEO, CEO. They're bringing in a guy that can get things done. They've got this pilot program up and running in Denver right now. It seems to be successful. I like the fact that they're investing in their employees to make a better customer experience when you're in the stores. I like the fact that they're investing more in online technology to make that online ordering process better. I like the fact that they're merging and making a hybrid of the two where you can order online and pick up in the stores, particularly when that comes to groceries and perishables and things that gives the meaning of of uh, you know picking up bread and milk on your way home from work a whole new meaning. I don't believe as you you may have heard in in the press this week that you know the brick and mortar business of retailing is dead. Well, it's going to be dead for maybe people like Sears, possibly people like J C Penney's, booksellers like Barnes and Noble maybe but Walmart is the largest retailer in the world. They got that way for a reason. I think they're, they're going to be making this transition into that hybrid online ordering and store pickup if they can, in fact, execute. But again, the only way they're going to be able to do that is through investments, not only in employees, but also in that internet and, and computer infrastructure. I'm going into some detail on all this, but the point that I want to make and why I'm saying this is that the reason that Walmart's stock crashed so bad yesterday when the CEO was laying out this plan, Wall Street didn't like it because they thought Walmart was spending too much money, particularly in investing in employees. It seems that one of the big things that triggered the sell-off was when McMillan announced that next year, the minimum wage for Walmart workers would go up to $10 an hour. Apparently, that's going to be the entry-level wage. Now, again, they're trying to compete in a retail market where you can get very good uh, quality customer service at a place like Starbucks. Well, that's because Starbucks is not paying their employees 7.50 an hour. I think if you go to any retail establishment or um, fast food lower-end restaurant where you get a good customer experience, it's because the employees are paid more than just minimum wage. And, and I'm not making the argument that we should raise the minimum wage. I don't believe that at all. I believe that employers get quality people when they pay more money. So if you go to a Chick-fil-A or you go to a Starbucks where in general the employees are pretty well paid for that type of an entry-level job, you get better quality service than if you go to to like a Wendy's or somewhere where they're just paying straight minimum wage. Again, this is not an argument to raise the minimum wage. This is an argument for employers to have merit-based pay where they pay the best employees the most amount of money to attract good employees, and to incentivize all employees to perform better. Well, again, apparently Wall Street didn't like the fact that these wages were going to go up uh, so high, and I was really shocked that Wall Street took it so badly. Walmart will be taking a hit to their bottom line this year of something like $1.2 billion. And and I know audio format, it's hard to follow and track along with numbers. Listen to what I'm saying here, though. This is important. Something like $1.2 billion will come right out of the bottom line this year because of the pay increases of taking the workers up to uh, whatever it was, $9, 9 something for, for minimum wage entry people. And again, this is not like the cap of your Walmart career. If you're an, uh, you know, an associate manager or you have additional responsibilities, you're obviously paid more. But for someone coming in off the street, entry-level job, I think they were starting them out at $9, and then next year that goes up to 10 Well, that was going to hit the bottom line like $1.2 billion this year. When they announced that in the next year it was going to cost them an additional $1.5 billion, that's when Wall Street went haywire, and they felt that that moving up to a $10 or an hour wage was costing the company too much money. Now, $1.5 billion is a lot of money. But with a company as large as Walmart and the amount of cash they throw off, that isn't that large of a sum of money, particularly when you consider that that's to make the customer experience better so that when you go into a Walmart, you want to shop there. You can find the things that you want to buy. To me, that seems like a pretty good investment to help the bottom line because it'll make the store more operationally better. The stores will be cleaner. They'll operate more efficiently. And again, it won't be just paying employees. They're also stepping up their overall automation and infrastructure within the stores, and then they're expanding that and trying to hybridize that with online ordering. All movements, I think, in the right direction. Walmart is spending another additional, I don't remember, it was well over a billion dollars. I forget the exact number, but well over a billion dollars on the infrastructure that it needs with technology to allow them to better compete with Amazon, okay? And again, a billion dollars off the bottom line, is not a big deal to me when I think it's going into something productive. And I want to compare that with how much money Walmart generates. You have to remember that over the last two years, Walmart has had a stock buyback. You've heard me talk about how that's really some financial shenanigans, balance sheet engineering. Well, Walmart, just like all these companies, they've participated in that as well. And over the last two years, they've bought back $15 billion of their stock. Okay, so roughly, you know, $7 billion a year over these last two years. So in addition to the dividend that they pay, and they've been paying a dividend for over 40 years, they've also had these buybacks to supplement returning money back to the shareholders and as well as doing some balance sheet engineering and making their bottom line look better than it is. But that $15 billion over two years, or again, roughly, you know, $7.5 billion a year, that went to simply buy back the stock. That created no competitive or comparative advantage. That didn't make them any better over a company uh, that's a competitor to theirs like a Target or like an Amazon. That didn't provide them any better infrastructure. That didn't allow them to attract any better employees. That didn't make the customer experience any better. It did nothing. All it did was return money to the investors. Now, I'm an investor. I'm not opposed to having money returned to me. That's the whole reason I invest. But I also know... That you have to invest in your bottom line. If you don't, you end up stagnating like Walmart has stagnated for you know close to the last decade. And if you keep that up long enough, then you turn into a Sears and Robux, which is a dinosaur and which is, you know, filed for bankruptcy multiple times and, and really is just a real estate company at this point. So I think Walmart's doing the right thing. If they're only spending one point two or one point five billion dollars a year to attract and train and have better employees and have more motivated employees and to create more of an incentive plan. It's only a billion or so dollars. They're only kicking in a billion or so dollars to a year to improve their technology and their infrastructure for online ordering and Internet sales and, and uh, home delivery. Well, I think they can afford these a billion here or a billion and a half there to improve their bottom line if they can afford to take $7.5 billion and just return that back to the investors in the form of buybacks. These are reasons that I'm very positive about Walmart. Now, like I always mention, you can't argue with the market. The market is not positive with Walmart. Walmart is down something uh, as, of, as of I record this. Um, when I bought the stock three months ago, I'm down something like 18 or 20%. I generally don't hold a stock through that much of a decline. I don't fall in love with the stock. I advise taking the emotion out of stock investing. You're in this to make money. And when your stock drops 20% in three months, you're obviously not making money. But from a trader point of view, I want to point out a couple of things. Each time you make an investment, it comes with risk. You always hear me say, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't predict the future. I obviously don't want to invest in a stock that's going to lose money. But with every purchase you make of a stock, you never know if that will be a winning position. So let's point out some rules here. That's why you have risk management that's why you don't put all your eggs in one basket that's why when people come to me with a very small amount of money and they want to invest you know one thousand or ten thousand dollars and that's their entire portfolio I tell them to focus on saving build your portfolio larger, get a bigger cash position so that then you can come into the stock market when you have substantial assets and you can buy many companies, not just one company. If all you have is $2,000 and you put that into Walmart stock three months ago, you would have lost 20% of your portfolio. In my case, I moderate or hedge my positions. I have risk management by not investing more than, say, 5 or 10% in any one stock. So while I wouldn't be happy about Walmart being down, say, 20%, if that represents only 10% of my portfolio, well, now I'm only down 2%. And again, while I don't want my overall portfolio to be down 2%, I would much rather have it be down 2% than down 20%. 2%, by the way, wasn't an arbitrary number I just threw out. That is a rule that I try and use for uh, risk moderation methods. When I go into a stock trade and I have my exit strategy, I try and plan on the fact that I won't lose any more than 2% of my overall portfolio on any one stock trade. So that's the important part about diversifying your portfolio. If you only dedicate 10% of your portfolio to one stock trade, that stock can go down as much as 20% and you'll only lose 2% of your portfolio value on that particular trade. I use that number because if you're buying a high-quality stock, chances are it won't fall apart 20%, but on the outside chance that it does, as Walmart just recently has, even though I felt that I bought it right, I felt that I had rational reasons supported by not only the technicals but the fundamentals to buy it, I knew it was a risk. I had no intentions of losing 20%. I thought I had substantial support at $71 a share. There is still a risk that the bottom can fall out, As we've seen with these other stocks I mentioned, with Disney, with Biotech, with Gilead, just this week, Boeing had a major drop in its its, uh, share price value. So you always have to factor in that there could be a substantial pullback, and historically, in many cases, that worst case scenario is about 20%. And this is for a quality stock. Now, if you, again, own a GoPro or own some biotech stocks that that don't have any sales or you you buy a technology stock where it's a lot of hype, things like we saw in the dot-com bubble or things that we see with social media where you have a company like uh, Twitter, which really isn't monetizing their platform. Now, those companies can fall substantially more than 20%, and in general, that's why I avoid them. But if you're investing in a fundamentally sound company... My experience has been, historically, that 20% is generally the worst case scenario. So if you don't own more than 10% of that stock, that 20% drop in the individual stock will only result in a 2% loss in your portfolio. With my current position in Walmart, I have between 5 and, say, 10% in the portfolios I manage invested in Walmart stock. So I'm trying to stay to that 2% loss level. That's one of the reasons why I continue to maintain this position. The other reason is, and I, I talk about don't falling in love with the stock. Get out of it if it's, if it's falling apart and breaking up. That's not easy to do when you have a flash crash. So back in August on the 24th or the 25th, when Procter & Gamble and many, many other stocks all had a 15 to 20% drop within a 20-minute period, That was too soon for you to feasibly be able to get out of those stocks. So if at the end of the day, you would have still found yourself down maybe 15%, it may have not been worth it to cut your loss at that point. You have to assess this on an individual basis. Sometimes you just say, hey, I'm going to cut the loss. I'm going to lose the 10 or 15%. Other times you do what I've done with Walmart, and you say that, you know, fundamentally, I still like the company. Fundamentally, I think it's headed in the right direction. I like what the leadership is doing. Technically, the stock has been performing well other than this really horrible collapse that we've seen this week. I think that Walmart stock will recover over a period of time that I'm willing to hold the stock for. Now, again, normally I'm a swing trader. I'm in and out of these positions in two weeks to three months. In the case of Walmart, because the drop has now been so severe, it's probably going to take me 18 months that I'm going to have to hold this position. I'm willing to do that for the appreciation, because if I look at other areas in the market, and and this is a key point, remember, it's always about increasing your bottom line, increasing your net worth. And if I sell Walmart and I take my money out of Walmart, where will I put it? Well, right now, as I look at the instability in the stock market, and I see the market right now teetering right around that resistance that the market is at, you know, slightly above the the 2000 level on the S&P 500, I see a lot of volatility and insecurity that could happen as more of these bad earnings announcements come out over these coming weeks and as we see a global slowdown. And so I say, well, if I bring this money in and I just put it in cash, it's safe, but I get no appreciation. If I put this in another stock, it could be just as risky as Walmart, and since Walmart has already had its collapse, I feel safer leaving it in Walmart than, say, moving it over and putting it into Disney or into Nike. Some of these other stocks that are performing very well, but as I've mentioned in previous episodes, they have extremely, extremely high price-to-earnings ratios given the kind of environment we're in. You know, you've seen Apple, uh, again, a phenomenal stock, a stock with a good story, a stock with, with wonderful customer loyalty, a very good franchise, incredible products, and yet you've seen the way that has turned down in, the, in these past four or five months. So this can happen to any stock. So the risk is always there. As I look at the universe of stocks, I say, well, with this 5 to 10% of money that I have committed to Walmart, at this point, I'm going to leave it there. I think the new CEO is shaking things up and that over the period of the next 18 months, Wall Street will see the results if, in fact, you know the, the CEO and Walmart can execute. Now, obviously, if they can't execute this, then the stock will, will go down more. I'll cut my losses and I'll get out. But I really believe that they can execute it based on what I'm seeing at the store level as I go out and I visit these properties. And I see the definite improvement uh, in, in Walmart service from a year ago. And this is not just in my community. As I, cr- as I travel around the United States, I try and go visit businesses to, to get new ideas, to, to get a sense of what the economy's like on the ground level. And I've been observing this with Walmart. Again, that's why t- one of the reasons why I took the position. The other thing I want to finish up on is a clip that I want to play for you. This is Walmart's CEO. Doug McMillan interviewed on CNBC. Listen to what he says about the amount of cash that they're gonna be generating over the next three years. Is the investment in wages and next year an investment in price okay. along with the e-commerce investment. After that's over, we're gonna generate $80 billion in cash in three years. Of that $80 billion in cash, we we support a dividend. We have, mm-hmm. a, have had a dividend increase for 42 years right. in a row, and we set aside this share repurchase to help shareholders get a return during that period of time. I think that's a really strong vote of confidence. Did you hear what he said? $80 billion in cash. Over the next three years, Walmart is not losing money. They are going to experience, particularly over the next two years, some declining profits, but not negative profits. They will still be making somewhere around $4.50 a share. That, incidentally, is the same amount of money that Target makes. And while it's less than the $5 that Wall Street would want Walmart to be making, the reason they're, that differential, the reason they're not going to make that extra $0.50 cents per share is because they're investing in the technology, they're investing in the employees, and oh, by the way, they're continuing to pay that dividend that's been paid out for 40-some years as well as this additional $20 billion in stock buybacks that will also occur over these next two or three years. Walmart's market capitalization is about $190 billion. So over the next three years, in stock buybacks, they'll be retiring about 10% of the overall shares of the company. Well, that's the amount that the price dropped just yesterday. I don't like to argue with Wall Street. And if I knew three months ago what I know now, I would have not bought Walmart's stock at that time. I don't want to lose 18% in any one stock. I don't like to lose money. So had I known the future, I would have not bought Walmart stock when I did three months ago. However, since I'm holding it, since there were major drops in a given day or so when I was unable to get out at a price that I would have wanted to get out at, right now rather than cut my loss and take a, you know, an 18% or so hit on one stock or a 1.5% or a 2% overall hit on my portfolio, I've chosen to hold my position. Now, I'm not telling you to purchase Walmart. In this podcast, I never give advice. I never offer recommendations. I thought it was important that you hear my thought process in real time when I'm talking about whether to cut a loss or whether to hold it to to make up a gain in the future. This is not theoretical textbook things that I'm telling you. This is what I'm living right now. These are the thoughts that are currently on my mind. This is the rationale that's guiding my decision. I wanted to share that with you. So that'll do it for today. When I come back, we are going to talk about banking stocks, the the financial sector, and what's coming out with third quarter earnings announcements, how that's likely to drive overall stock market performance. While the market did have a pullback yesterday, it has performed better today. It's above that 50-day moving average. We'll see how that holds up on Friday with options expiration. All that'll be over by the time I come back with the next episode, so until then, as always, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best of returns.